Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. Mamrie Hart is the guest on this upcoming episode, and she is hilarious, and I love her, and you are about to hear the episode. But first, I want to tell you guys about a few of our good friends. Allison Rosen is your new best friend, is supported by Audible.com. Audible is the internet's leading provider of spoken word, entertainment, information, and educational programming. You can download content from Audible and play back on your smartphone, portable device, or your PC whenever and wherever you want. My listeners, that's you guys, might enjoy... I Can Barely Take Care of Myself by Jen Kirkman. Um, I don't know if you guys know Jen Kirkman. I'm going to assume you do because she's been a guest on the show. She's really funny. She's a comedian. She's a really good writer. And her book is hilarious. And why thumb through the pages when you can just put it in your ear holes like you can do with Audible? Audible is offering you guys uh, a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash BFF and choose from over 180,000 titles. Could you even read a hundred or listen to 180,000 titles in a lifetime? I think someone should try and let me know. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash BFF. That's audiblepodcast.com slash BFF to get started today. And while you're listening to your book, you might work up an appetite. Or while you're cooking, you might be like, I'm bored. I need to be listening to something entertaining like a book. Well, I can tie this all together for you. Can I? I think I can. I'm going to try. Blue Apron. You guys have heard me talk about Blue Apron before. They send you everything you need to make a delicious meal, and they are awesome. We all love to eat, but it's hard to find a meal that doesn't compromise somewhere. Just ask my husband. Good value, quick to prepare, healthy and delicious. That's where Blue Apron comes in. Blue Apron makes cooking delicious meals easy and fun by delivering fresh, ready-to-cook meals right to your door for less than $10 per meal. Blue Apron sends you fresh ingredients perfectly proportioned with step-by-step recipe instructions, including beautifully printed pictures, making cooking healthy meals really easy and fun. So no trips to the ghost grocery store, no waste from unused ingredients. Because I don't know if you guys are like me, but if I'm looking at a recipe that I want to make, then it involves... Actually, the fact that it would involve a trip to the store, I'm already out. Um, but let's say I did go to the store, then I'm like, I don't know how much to buy, and I end up buying too much, and the whole thing is a pain in the hiney. Blue Apron removes the pain from your hiney. It's perfect for date night, cooking with friends. They even offer family plans with kid-friendly ingredients so the whole family can eat well and have fun preparing the meals together. They work around your schedule and your dietary preferences. Uh, and their Blue, Blue Apron's experts source only the best seasonal ingredients for incredible meals like catfish with kumquat chili, basil glaze and watercress and cracked frika, stir-fried black rice with miso roasted carrots and turnips, fresh cavatelli, gorgonzola, endive and pear. So just a few of the things that you might find in your Blue Apron box. You'll cook incredible meals and be blown away by the quality and freshness. Uh, each balanced meal is 500 to 700 calories per serving. Cooking takes half an hour. Shipping is always free, and the menus are always new. They won't send you the same meal twice. So check out this week's menu and get your first two meals free by going to blueapron.com slash Allison. Again, first two meals are on me when you go to blueapron.com slash Allison. Okay, here is the episode with Mamrie Hart. Again, I beseech you. Please love her. I know you will. She's impossible to not love. I wonder if I have a woman crush on her. A girl crush? A gal crush? A chick crush? I don't know. She's just my favorite. Here's the episode. Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison. Hey, 
everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I am sitting here in Dining Room Studios with return guest, Mamrie Hart. Hello. Hello. It's good to be back. Welcome back. You were on the show. It was you, Grace Helbig, and Hannah Hart mm-hmm. when you guys were promoting your movie, Camp Dakota. Yeah, I think pretty much a year ago. It Yes. Yeah, right. it came out I, Valentine's Day last yes, year. Yes, and I remember mm-hmm. I had... I think just gotten married and my anniversary is coming up any day. Oh, snap. So, yeah. Does it you feel guys like- are celebrating the anniversary of that podcast? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like our... And how? what is the first anniversary of a podcast? Is it like the paper anniversary or is it the, oh, the digital anniversary? Good question. I don't know because I guess you're just celebrating it to yourself. So I'd always make it gold or diamond. <laughs> Perfect. Mm-hmm. Or paper, like- a check. A check. A check. Yeah. Yeah. Or because the PayPal anniversary. Oh, my. The is Bitcoin. That a thing? Is that a thing people are doing now? It probably should be. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, does it feel like this year has gone by fast or slow to you? <sighs> Pretty friggin' fast. Mm-hmm. Like, I was uh, freaking out yesterday because I thought, man, it's a really good start to 2015 and then realized it's March in like two days. No, the year just started. It really feels like I know, just, like just started. I know it's insanity. Yeah, uh, it's going by quicker and quicker, and it's uh, mortality is really it's becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the transience of life, the fact mm-hmm. that we're just here for a blip. Don't make me have a panic way attack to start. on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Are you someone? This who is g- why I drink. <laughs> Are you someone who gets panic attacks? I do get panic attacks. They're they're not very frequent. I got them a lot more when I lived in New York because mm-hmm. of like just sheer claustrophobia and you know always so much stimuli but you know i've been known to have one or two what about yourself i um i am someone who feels like i'm going to have one it's been many i mean not currently but like i'll get that feeling Mm -hmm. but it's i've probably had i don't know like three panic attacks in my life that's enough it is definitely enough it's enough to make me say i don't ever want to have them again right first couple times i was like what is you know it was the whole thing where i'm like i feel like i'm some i must be having a heart attack or i'm dying Mm -hmm. or like what the hell is going on and then it's only in retrospect that i realized oh i think those were panic attacks that's what was happening Mm -hmm. one of them happened when i was driving to (gasps) a show with this guy that i had a crush on Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden i'm like oh i don't even know if i can drive and i can't hold up my end of the conversation i just think yeah. that i was like on and off the gas the whole time and i felt very you drove during it yeah see that's i i could never do that because well, what was i gonna do pull over and say i don't know what the hell is going on well i guess if it was your first one yeah see now they don't happen frequently mm-hmm. like they'll on come and i can talk myself out of it but if i'm sitting with you know a friend having a drink or something i will say just so you know i think i'm about to have a panic attack so if i act weird for the next 20 minutes or so that's what's happening i've heard that is actually what you're supposed to do i remember reading an article from someone who suffered from them and i think maybe her therapist told her just announce it Mm -hmm. and she felt it happening at a dinner party and once she told the person sitting next to her it like completely released her from the feeling yeah just because then it's not that because i for me what makes it worse is it's like suddenly I'm like so hyper self-conscious of like I'm mm-hmm. trying to act like a human being. Yeah, and like I, I am if I get high. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Talk yourself out of it. <laughs> exactly. 
And then another thing is to just concentrate on breathing for me. Like that'll sort of snap me out of that feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But but weirdly enough, talking about it like this is not helping at all. Really? Okay. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> so um, you host a YouTube series called mm-hmm. You Deserve a Drink or Why Dad for short. And I watched so many of them today. Oh, man. I'm, how are you feeling? Is that why the panic attack was happening? <laughs> no. You're so... I mean, I had seen it before, but like yeah. I really... I was like... I can't get enough of these you're fucking hilarious thank you so much i don't mean to say it like i'm surprised by it because i've actually known right. that you're hilarious but i just want everyone who's listening to go out and go watch the series yes. right now me too because... after you finish this podcast yeah exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. Ex- of course <laughs> well listen to it twice and yeah. then go watch i know you're also working on a book mm-hmm. yeah um, i finished the book congratulations thank you it comes out uh may 26th and yeah that was a that was a fucking uphill climb. How was that? It was really great. It's uh, I'm super proud of it, but it's definitely it's the only thing. It's the first thing I've written not in script form, mm-hmm. and I realized very quickly that I'm terrible at commas. <laughs> like general, any grammar you would you would learn or punctuation. I'm like I reverted back to I think like fourth grade. Did you know it at one point? Did I think yeah I made you, I right. made good grades but then it was just like what's a semicolon <laughs> like honestly yeah I've actually um I used to work in magazines so you'd think I should know this stuff mm-hmm. and I remember one of the early notes I got was um from an editor who was like Allison this is a comma I need to introduce you to it because <gasps> how dare I know right except that I just I don't I don't know what happened it's somewhere along the way I completely forgot the proper usage of a comma. So I just throw mm-hmm. them in willy-nilly. Yeah. Sort no, of same. like how other people do with apostrophes, which is totally glaring to me. And yet my lack of comma usage must be completely glaring to the comma police. I guess. I mean, I never want to hang out with them. So it's no, <laughs> they don't sound very fun at all. Yeah. But I learned very early on from working with an editor just how bad I've gotten. And I think because I just text message all the mm-hmm. time. I'm of that world that now it's just completely out the window. I don't right. think I've spent spelled you know four reels correctly and (laughs) (laughs) it's just faux and show right well but maybe your book audience is more used to that Mm -hmm. exactly what would be a 300 page book is now seven pages (laughs) (laughs) so it's a memoir yes yes it is a memoir what's it called it's called you deserve a drink um boozy misadventures and tales of debauchery and it's essentially just a collection of real stories that have happened to me um mostly college and adulthood but there's a couple throwbacks and then each chapter has a cocktail recipe that correlates with it that is super fun yeah. so now you were a bartender yes yes for like 10 years and that is where all your mixology comes from mm-hmm. that and just general experimentation nightly at my house <laughs> <laughs> um i'm trying to figure out if we should talk more about the book or if we should talk more about the series or just more but let's just talk more about you in general hey i'm on board to know you okay okay so where are you from originally (laughs) i'm from north carolina Mm -hmm. i'm from a town called boonville boonville that was named that because daniel boone walked through it once and they realized that was the most exciting thing that was going to (laughs) happen um yeah one stoplight that goes to caution light at 8 p.m like really the sticks what happens when it goes to caution light then then it's basically a stoplight yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But the town is so small that the closest kind of big town is literally Mayberry, where Andy Griffith mm-hmm. show is. Like that's the nearest big town. And how that's far how away small. was that? That was Boonville. like you know, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. It's perfect that Boonville would be would 
be the this kind of yeah like, that name in the boonies yes <laughs> yeah exactly and they spelled it wrong it's great i just <laughs> i'm really very proud of where i grew up yeah so i'm from middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and what was your family like um terrible no i'm just kidding um i grew up my mom with my mom in boonville and then my older brother and sister and they were total hell raisers so i'm the baby mm-hmm. and i was like on the straight and narrow which is shocking considering uh what i make a living doing now drinking, uh, drinking, drinking it and, <laughs> exactly. and making off-color jokes <laughs> exactly um yeah and so my brother and sister were total crazy maniacs they're lovely adults now and my mom was a teacher and then growing up my dad was an actor so i would actually go visit him on set he was on like an 80s cop show what show was it in the heat of the night oh yes i've heard of in the heat of the night for Mm -hmm. sure yeah so he was uh, a character on that Mm -hmm. so it was a weird it was like living in a tiny town and then like going to visit your dad on a TV show. Where did In the Heat of the Night film? Georgia. But not Boonville? No, 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 not Boonville. Is, and is that where you decided that you wanted to be a performer? I think so. That? Yeah, I definitely. I just saw the craft services and I fell in love. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your mom like? Uh, this Like the sweetest Southern woman of all time. Yeah, she's a high school teacher. Mm-hmm. She taught drama and English and she's very Southern and her name is Caroline. And yeah, just like the quintessential mom makes a lot of crockpot meals. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard her curse maybe five times and she takes two sips of wine and she hiccups like a cartoon character. <laughs> <laughs> what do your parents think of your series? Um, You know, my mom doesn't really comment on it. I mean, she's just proud of me through and through as one would be. My dad, like every couple of months, I get a text that's like, could you tone it down? <laughs> Like maybe not say as many curse words, but I I pretty much am just like, hey, if it's if it ain't broke, you know, so Mm -hmm. but I don't think they love the language. They're good Christian people. Um, I definitely I have a safe word in my book for uh, when I want anyone related to me to quit reading. (laughs) Yeah, I set it up in the preface that if you see the word rutabaga (laughs) and, you know, you don't want to possibly hear about a blowjob to <laughs> to skip to the next chapter right mm-hmm. was it hard to figure out which stories to put in the book yeah it was a winnow it down yeah totally it was a you know it's eye-opening to see how many hot mess stories you have <laughs> um and uh but also which stories that in conversation you'd tell and it'd take about five minutes but how you can translate that to you know be 15 pages Right. Mm-hmm. Was that the challenge? Was it ex- getting yeah, the, it long enough? Getting it long enough without going on a gajillion tangents. Right. Well, if you think about it, people who are trained as comedians, you consider yourself a comedian, yes? Yes, I would. So people who are comedians, the whole thing is like brevity and just getting getting Succinct. to the point. Yeah. Exactly. And so there's a book where you're supposed to like expand on everything. Mm-hmm. I can see where that would be challenging. Yeah, it was super difficult, especially without, you know, the use of commas. <laughs> Just run on sentence book. Right. Mm-hmm. Plenty of long books like take like probably War and Peace mm-hmm. or um, David Foster Wallace's book, the name of which is escaping me right now, even though I should know. Oh, but I'm the it's worst. just it's like 1400 pages and it's got footnotes. Take out the Jeez. commas. That thing's a pamphlet. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. 1400 pages. Mm-hmm. Infinite Jest. That's what it's called. Oh, my God. So I can't imagine. I made it to page 400. OK, that's pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. That's a that's over 25%. That's more than I've read in my adult life. Like I think my book is the first book I've read as an adult. 
And even still, it took me a while, man. <laughs> how frequently did you read the whole thing? Like, how oh, frequently no, I, did you read from? I'm going to read from everything up till now. No, I didn't really right? do that. No, just just since they they like sent me the copy you can mm-hmm. hold, I really did it. But each chapter is pretty standalone. So, but that was worrisome of all these stories and then putting them together. And does it feel like a total, you know, modge podge? Right. Or does it feel cohesive? And how to feel? You know? It felt great. <laughs> it felt pride. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So you're a child. You're living in Boonville. Yeah. And you're visiting your dad on set in Georgia. Were your parents divorced? Yes. And how old were you when that happened? Um, They told me they were separated. I think I was in like fourth grade. Yeah. Going into fifth grade. Was that like a, a big thing in your young life? No, not at all. No, because um, they didn't. My dad got the TV show when I was three. So they weren't living together. And then they were already kind of like separated and i was just like oh dads sleep on couch when they visit <laughs> that's what was you know when you're a kid whatever happens in your house is was the the normal mm-hmm. yeah so it wasn't a big shock at all and were you a funny kid i would like to think so <laughs> but um i mean my face is kind of rubber so i've always been good at making faces i was a funny kid i wasn't a class clown though because mm-hmm. i was too scared about getting in trouble yeah i was really you know I was a pretty type A. Where do you think that comes from? Mm. Like, was your school strict or? Please. (laughs) I'll take that as a no. (laughs) No. Boonville Elementary School doesn't exactly have an elite education. Um, But we did live like two blocks away from the elementary school. So we got to walk. Mm -hmm. So that was that was a fun. If I didn't have to go to class, I'd like go to school like jump on my trampoline in the backyard and like flip off everyone's still in class <laughs> um you know this came up recently on what? this show people with trampolines i didn't have trampolines. really apparently a lot of people in utah have trampolines oh apparently really? also in boonville yeah i didn't have one growing up and i feel like maybe i missed out on a lot of fun wait a second like a higher percentage of that trampoline the, people in utah that is the argument that someone on the show was trying to make because they just need good clean fun actually that beer sucks it's because there's not that much to do in utah is what was then suggested as the reason i don't actually know just throwing this <laughs> I out i want to see some charts <laughs> I know, yeah exactly and like trampoline quarterly mm-hmm. maybe trampoline monthly i wonder if there is there's a tr- there's a that, magazine for everything if it comes straight out of utah then we'll know okay it's perfect true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah having a trampoline growing up was the best i think we had it all through high school too mm-hmm. i definitely Definitely, like, got some action on there for the first time. Not really? the full action, but, right. like, some the early, early action. action. <laughs> some of the, we didn't even snap, like, no, you would no, in your video. early action. Yeah. How yeah. old were you when the early action happened? You know, early action starts happening in the beginning of high school. Well, for, for someone me. like you. <laughs> With a trampoline. Exactly. <laughs> I was uh, more of a... Li- so you were... Yeah, that, that does not make you a late bloomer. That makes you like an no. average. Do you feel like that's the average bloomer? I think I might have been a little bit of an early bloomer for sure. I don't know. Were you precocious? No. You were just popular. That's what I'm getting from this. I was a cheerleader. Were you really? Yeah. Oh, because you, you dance and stuff, right? Yeah. And, so, yeah, and I, I practice all my jumps on my trampoline. That's how <laughs> I made the squad, Allison. Did you like being a cheerleader? Yeah, I thought it was fun. I mean, because I was always into dance and stuff and... I mean, what the hell else are you going to do in Boonville? Besides cheerleading drugs. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Did you do drugs? No, I didn't. Mm. No, I was very straight and narrow. Like I'm saying, I was scared to get in trouble. Plus my brother and sister, they were like, you know, kind of the... The wild ones? They were the wild ones. You know, they both like 
didn't finish high school were like, you know, the kids that your parents didn't want you hanging out with. Right. So I was very much of the mindset of just get through high school for the sake of your mother's sanity. Did she actually say things like that to you? Or you no. Just, you just picked it up? No. I, yeah. I No. I just wanted to do it right. myself. It's interesting because I usually think of the older kids as being the more type A mm. and then the younger ones are sort of – I mean this is just – one notion of how this goes obviously it's not everyone um the younger ones especially like the baby of the family being a little more like there's less less focus and pressure on them so Mm -hmm. they're usually the ones that are more wild that's what i would think i don't know but then you also learn from others mistakes that's true so they can either pave the road to where you're like well i can't get in trouble um what i like to do though is just be like well I'm still in school, so I'm sorry you found a handle of vodka in my trunk, but <laughs> here's my report card. <laughs> All right. So you were getting some action and you were totally a popular <laughs> oh mean girl on your trampoline. I was so not mean. Were you not mean? Not at all. Were you one of those popular nice girls? Because those existed too. They were rare, but they existed. Yes, I would say so. I mean, t- we're not taking live calls, are we? <laughs> No, are there I, some people who would call in and say no, otherwise? I had I didn't have enemies in high school. I was like, there was nothing to do, as I said. Mm. So I was like doing drama. I was in the performance choir, the cheerleader. I was the only white girl on the step team. Wow. Yeah, bitch got rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> what what is a step team? You know, it's like um, you know, it's like yeah, you're you about make, to do where you some make kind be- of dance where you make beats with your body. You know, you, so, you had that in yeah, so they That's would, so cool. They would do, we would do like a halftime show That's, at basketball games. I don't even think my, my school was so white that I don't even think we had a step team. Well, it was, you know, the eight black girls in me. Right. That's yeah. really cool, though. Mm-hmm. But I really am surprised that Boonville had this variety of activities. Should I not be surprised by that? I mean, we didn't have debate club, okay. but we had, yeah. We, we had step. No, yeah, we had more of the performance Arts. Did you go to other, did, would you travel and do shows at other schools and things? Um, no, we'd go to away games <laughs> and be like, here we come. So I'd like sing the national anthem at the top of the game, cheerlead first half, do the step team in the middle, and then cheerlead the other half. It was basically. You did all of it. Yeah, it was basically like every. It was like the Mamie Hart show. Mm-hmm. It was like every episode <laughs> of every sitcom where someone accidentally schedules four dates and has right. to change their clothes really mm-hmm. fast. That was me at every sporting event. My God. I'm tired just thinking about it. <laughs> now, did you win a lot of senior superlatives? Did no. you have those in Boonville? We did. And I, mine was bullshit. I got best actress. And I was like, I'm literally the only person who does plays. <laughs> Give me something. Right. I wanted like biggest flirt mm-hmm. or like cutest no <laughs> none of that or like most likely to start a revolution i remember oh was there my high school didn't have that but uh the orthodontist always had the his the orthodontist kids went to the our rival high school okay the one that i kind of wished that i'd gone to because they were just a little cooler and a Got little it. less homogenous um i think i had dreams that maybe i would fit in better there so mm. when i would be sitting in the waiting room i would look through their yearbook and my, one of my good friends is now married to the guy that got most likely to start a revolution. Did he indeed start that revolution? No. He Did he what, like start kids. a startup? <laughs> <laughs> no, he hasn't. He hasn't really started a revolution or a startup. He's not starting anything. N- he started a family. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like schools that had that kind of superlative yeah. definitely had a larger 
like student body right to pick then my yeah because then you're just throwing out like 80 superlatives yeah you know right ours are like just the top ones i didn't even get any of them really yeah if you had gotten one what would you have wanted it to be Mm, good i just question you (laughs) (laughs) i'm supposed to open you i'm gonna hear your insecurities now oh my goodness um back then i Mm -hmm. probably would have wanted you know i would have been okay with best actress to be quite yeah. honest. No, but what, here's what's funny about Best Actress. is like I'm saying, I was like the only person from my class who did plays. So the person they gave Best Actor to did not perform in anything. They just gave him Best Actor. And I think I it's... like you should have gotten Best Actor as well. I think so too. I could wear both hats. But him and I really didn't like each other. So there's all the superlatives and they take the sweetest pictures, you know, like... Right. Uh, like... Quad biggest God flirt or whatever it's like the guys holding the girl and they're by the flagpole and then like two other ones are like in front of a trophy case mm-hmm. they just cut out a photo of each of us <laughs> and put it together that's and, perfect and this was like pre-photoshop was a th- accessible thing so it just looks like a collage why did you dislike him i don't know we we never got along i don't remember his name or i'd apologize right now. <laughs> i don't know well so okay so when so at that point you wanted to be an actress i'm assuming yeah i've always wanted to do that Mm -hmm. and did you also want to sing and dance um the focus was on acting but really i just wanted attention in any way possible did you want to do comedy or were you no you were a real full-on thespian yeah so when i went to college i which uh, was where at UNC Chapel Hill mm-hmm. at Carolina. So I did the theater program and definitely wanted to move to New York City to be a serious actress. Broadway I, or films or? Um, always wanted to do like TV and film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even in high school. Because you get more attention that way? Yeah, because. <laughs> and also just having that muscle of being able to cry on command can oh, come can in handy. That? Yeah. You can push great. out real tears and everything. It's great. Impressive. Do you think about something or can you, is it just muscle memory? Have you cried so much in your life that it's just muscle memory? <laughs> no, no, I've had a pretty good one. Um, yeah, there isn't like the go-to. That's mm-hmm. that's such an ac- acting exercise. Is they're like, find the one thing that, you know, like brings you to that moment. Right. But no, I think I just, I don't know. I think I just imagine I'm getting pulled over for a speeding ticket or something. <laughs> it's, not, it's not really dark. I haven't mm-hmm. experienced a lot of trauma in my life. I mean, a girl with a trampoline. Right. On the step team. Yeah, I mean, you may as well have had a canopy bed and a pony. Did you have a canopy bed or a no, pony? No, I did not. I I actually did get really into wanting a pony for a while, a miniature one. Mm. But of course, I couldn't even. I mean, we couldn't even keep our cats our cats inside. Yeah, we had a cat named Jezebel because she was such a slut. <laughs> like we were the terrible pet owners. Um, so no pony, no canopy bed. My sister had a water bed for a while. That's like the trampoline of things you sleep. Yeah, on. Yeah, so I was taking the trampoline. She was taking the water bed, mm-hmm. you know. Right, when you were running your brothel? Yeah. Of sorts. <laughs> we were we, running our tiny... and men. Our tiny risky business. <laughs> <laughs> but we had all carpeting, so we couldn't do the slide. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, what did Caroline think of that? That's your mom's name, right? Yeah, Caroline. Well, Caroline, my freshman and sophomore year of high school, we needed some extra cash. We were we were pretty broke. Um, this was post TV show and divorce and all that. So she learned how to bartend. Ah, uh, 
Yeah. Wow. That's she, surprising from a true Southern woman. A right? true Southern woman who like teaches high school English. She went to straight up like mixology should, school wow. and then started working at like a chain restaurant 30 minutes away on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So then Anna and I had the house to ourselves while mom went and bartended. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is like the plot of an 80s movie. Yeah. Mama goes back to bartend. Right. And in a way, you're carrying on the family business now. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, she only did teaching, it for like a year. You're teaching by teaching people how to make drinks. Mm-hmm. And it's bartending, and it's which is your mom's trade. True. I remember she had her like guide for how to, you know, they get you for the American bartending school or whatnot. Right. And when I started bartending in college, but just by getting hired without the degree, she gave it to me to like study. <laughs> and she had these really hilariously, my mom, I've never heard say a dirty thing in her life, had these like dirty acronyms to remember drinks. Oh, that's like, what's one of them? Do you remember? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, I remember there was one for sex in the beach, it was, which is, you know, like vodka, schnapps like peach schnapps uh it had something to do with panties and i remember being like mother <laughs> oh my god i've never even heard you call them anything but underwear <laughs> um okay so you went to college and did you major in theater? uh i was yeah double in theater and communications mm-hmm. and then what happened after college and then from college i went uh i spent a summer on the outer banks bartending and then made the money and moved to new york that fall where are these outer banks the Outer Banks of North Carolina. They're, okay. Yeah, they're a um, they're a series of tiny islands off the coast of North Carolina. That actually sounds really nice. Are they nice? It's great. Yeah, they're like they get hot as hell in the summer, but yeah, it's just beach houses and golf courses and stuff. Essentially, sounds very Mystic Pizza, even though it's not right there. Right. There's way less fog though. It wasn't Mystic Pizza like foggy, wasn't that New yeah. England? Yes, it was. Um fuck where were they connecticut mm-hmm. in mystic connecticut that's is that why yes <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what it is there's nothing that like really like mystic happens during no. it Mm-mm. oh i thought like there was a spell nope or like you it's know no hocus um, pocus well what is right no it's just it's just mystic pizza Okay, but there's but it is a bit magical. I get, but, but I thought like world. eating the pizza made you fall in love or something. That would be cool. If it was aphrodisiac pizza or something. No, it's not like what was that movie that Patrick Dempsey was in? Love Potion Number Nine? No, no, where he was a pizza delivery man. Oh, and, you know what I mean? If yeah, they, if they ordered it with anchovies, then they that wanted means a they wanted extra. a little in and yeah. out. Uh huh. Oh my gosh, Dempsey delivery man or something? Not delivery man. I think it was movie. just like the Pizza Boy, right? Perhaps. I think it had the word pizza Jeff in it. is looking it up right now. Yeah. I, I think, think it was they... called Dick and Pizza. <laughs> Dick and Pizza. Something like that. Crust and Lust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pan and... There's no more rhymes. No. Speaking of... Yes. Your You Make a Drinks... <laughs> I know what you called them. Your you white ads... Yes. ...are so heavily pun-based. Yes. I think is so incredible. They're... I, I wish I had like excerpted it to play for people because they just have to listen to hear how hilarious they are. Two questions. Do you have a favorite pun? And also, oh. are you just constantly thinking of funny things that you can work in or like what's the process? Um, well, I just naturally think in puns. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my Rain Man quality, <laughs> <laughs> which can drive some people totally fucking bonkers. But um, the process for making it is deciding... You know, it's either based on a holiday or who in the who I think in pop culture that week is having a bad week and deserves a drink or who should be celebrated and deserves a drink. So I kind of just go off like, you know, let's say it was 
uh, Charlize Theron, Theron, whatever you want to call mm. her. I, I, I never know which one to I call I never her. know either. And so I don't know why I just chose that. I think I even did like a true Hollywood story about her. That all? They, they told me how to say it and now I'm forgetting. I think it's Theron. Charlize Theron. To each their own. <laughs> they, ding, oh ding, my god right let's there. go film one right now <laughs> um so you, you know look at their body of work mm-hmm. and what's going on and try to make some puns and then figure out what the hell the recipe is gonna be because i want that to like tie into um their name or, right. or what's happening as well right yeah and then sit down and crank out some jokes and then just roll the camera and try to improvise some too and then like how long does it take you to film one? Oh, top to bottom like 15 minutes Really? Yeah, it takes me way longer to edit than to film. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That but makes it also sense. depends, like, if I film a couple in a row and mm-hmm. I've been drinking, then I get off a little track. <laughs> so, but yeah, I have a, I have a blast doing that show. Um, and then how long does it take you to edit one? I'm just really bad at editing. Like, I still use Final Cut 7, and that's the Final Cut of, like, five years ago. I use iMovie. So. Oh, really? Yeah, but I also Holy don't make videos, so. Sm- okay. <laughs> You're like, just, if I were, just montages of my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, occasionally I'll make, I, that's it's a whole a separate issue. I, I need to learn hear Final it. Cut. Yeah. Well, I used to make them on, on iMovie, but then this is something that Jeff and I, Jeff who's right there with a microphone for the first time, thank you, because we had a guest last night, um, Andy Kindler, by the mm-hmm. time yours airs, people will have heard the Andy Kindler one, and they, what they will have heard was he kept, because he plays to the room. So he kept asking Jeff questions and Jeff didn't have a mic. And at the beginning, I mean, and at a certain point I was like, well, this, we just, this yeah. just can't last. I was, I was pantomiming. Yeah. Oh. So Jeff, are you offended that I've ignored you this whole time? No, no, no. I, okay. I definitely take it personally. I okay. prefer it. Great. I, I'm just hoping. <laughs> I feel like that's the Is way that what it you were going be. for? <laughs> totally. Ignore the man sitting right there with a the mic. It's not Jeff as your new best friend. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to blurt out randomly all of my answers from the Andy Kindler episode. Okay, perfect. And he's like, I'm also editing this podcast, so it's just Philadelphia Vestibule. Everybody loves Raymond. (laughs) Lover Boy. That's the name of the movie. Oh, it doesn't have pizza in it. Mm -mm. Maybe originally, but I bet originally it was called like the Pizza Fuck Man. It absolutely the pizza. Well, pizza ass would be nice. Like like a hot pizza ass. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's like. Well, you don't want to picture someone having like a pizza ass, like bad skin. That's what I was going to say. Okay. Because I think that was a real, because my favorite show, Facts of Life, which I've, I talk about, you know, as frequently as I can, mm-hmm. there was an episode where they were making fun of, uh, it was an episode where everyone got way too mean and that was kind of the lesson. Like, look what's happened. Everyone has become so mean, you know, okay. like you when you were a cheerleader. Yeah. It um, was the worst. <laughs> and they were making fun of someone's face. And I think they, they, they said pizza face. Yeah. But I don't think people use that as an insult anymore. Maybe they do. I don't know. It's like it's, re- it's a real retro insult. I mean, I don't run with a crowd that uses the phrase pizza face, but I don't know. High school, you know, that's a Kids rough spot. That's yeah. a really tough place to be in. Well, so really I mean, fun for a bully, though. <laughs> I was so happy out, to not. I was happy to not be uh, in high school anymore, I must say. Yeah. I really liked college. Mm-hmm. But um, where'd you go to school? I went to Pomona College. Okay. And Claremont, it's a small liberal arts college. But grade school and high school were um, not delightful at all for me. Mm-mm. High school was better than grade school. It got better as I got older, but I definitely felt like, um, I, like alienated and like I didn't fit in and like I was dealing with a bunch of, of mean girls because I, really? I was at my school. Yeah. So, hmm. Grade school was tough. Was it did not you tough have, for you? wait, did you have junior high? 
Or was it K I went through to a, 8th? It was I K was, through 8. Which is the worst. Yeah, right? they should, really should break that shit up. I feel like right after I graduated, they finally got junior high. Mm-hmm. And it always annoyed me because I'd be watching, you know, Boy Meets World, Full House, all the top TGI, TGIF shows. Right, sure. And they always went to junior high and it looked like it's mini high school. Yeah. Meanwhile, it'd be like, here I am trying to get French kissed and a fucking five-year-old's walking by. <laughs> Let's separate this, shall we? They really should. Mm-hmm. Just for the sake of you getting some. We got to. My mm-hmm. trampoline was two blocks away, but that was too far. <laughs> well, so anyway, what I was saying, the super interesting iMovie tangent. Yes. Okay. Jeff and I talk about this frequently, something that Apple does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I'm not one of those people, Jeff, no, I was going to say Jeff, might, maybe not. I'm not one of those people who's like a rebel, so I won't have Apple products. Because all I have is pretty much Apple products. Right. Same. However iMovie 6, I think, the one that I learned on way back when, you could do so much more than these newer versions of iMovie. I hate the new iMovie. Exactly, because it's like, we're going to make your life easy by giving, by, they try to make it user-friendly, but it's user-unfriendly. Yeah. It's very difficult to do anything you want unless you're just making what they tell you you should be making. Completely. I I think I learned Final Cut because I couldn't deal with the new iMovie. Maybe I should just learn Final Cut. Do it. I only know how to make specifically what I make. Like, I know how to take this file, compress it this way, do that. Like I'm, I'm very unknowledgeable about mm. it. But hey, you know, limited brain but space. <laughs> but your videos look really good. Thank you. I appreciate that. And so now does Grace Helbig work with you on them? Yeah. So Grace and I started uh, You Deserve a Drink together and we were making them in New York. And then even I moved out here a year and a half ago and we we're making them. Um, she edited them like the first like I don't know she like, editing and whiz. yeah she can she can you know be half asleep and knock out like that incredible is the secret edits. talent of YouTubers I think yeah. that the average human being doesn't realize that YouTubers are usually whizzes mm-hmm. with editing and all well, that stuff maybe I not mean, I wouldn't consider myself but some people are really fantastic about it and you know it's your business so you try to get knowledgeable i i shoot entire videos out of focus like i'm i'm bad at it but people know their shit because when you think about it there's youtubers who are putting up you know let's say four or five videos a week at you know seven minutes a pop they're essentially conceptualizing shooting editing and uploading uh you know a 30 minute pilot's worth of content every single week right yeah okay so you graduated college yes ma'am and then did you then you worked on these islands, yeah. <laughs> the Outer Banks. Yes, real uh, and thing. Then did you go to New York from there? And then I moved to New York. Yeah, I did moved you to have New- a job or anything when you went? No, I didn't have a job, and I didn't realize that there were such things as brokers' fees, etc. Oh, yeah. So by the time I paid my first, last, and brokers' fee, I was moving to New York with like three hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and I didn't have any furniture, so I slept on an air mattress. I got a hole in the first night, so then I slept on an air mattress folded in half for like a month. It was where, I definitely where lived in you, squalor for a minute. When you first got there? Um, I lived at Prospect Heights, uh, which is in Brooklyn, which is now you know it looks very picturesque, and now it's super cleaned up. But I was right at the edge, and mm-hmm. it was still you know nine and a half almost 10 years ago so it was it was a little a little gritty a little dicey not you know you'd walk one block away and there'd be some poor bastard who started like a a speakeasy and you're like 
this this neighborhood is not ready for this gentrification. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, yeah. So I lived there with uh, a couple friends and it was just, our landlord never turned on the heat the whole winter. That I was working awful. at a job that was like eight bucks an hour. It was, what was it? I was working the front desk at a post facility, like a recording studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was really easy to work there and I got to see a bunch of celebrities, but I made shit for money. Yeah. And then what? And then I, uh, about a year in, decided to start going on auditions and tried to find them myself, you know, via Craigslist, whatnot, <laughs> which is just so sketchy. Yeah, it's I've done that a unbelievable. couple times too. And then you show yeah. up and you're like, oh, your your living room? Oh, this is where we're casting this film? <laughs> your living room? I remember having a moment. I think this is when I had the big breakdown. Uh, I went to go in for a part for, you know, some independent film and it was in a room at NYU, clearly rented by a student. Like this wasn't a casting director. And they were like, okay, so at one part in the film, you're going to have to dance. So would you mind dancing right now? You know, it's it's like a very, it's like a tribal rave. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And they didn't have any sort of thing that produced music. So it was just this guy <laughs> filming me while being like, boom, and while i'm dancing awkwardly to it and then i went home and had just a total meltdown and that's when uh my boyfriend then was like uh you should think about doing comedy so i signed up for a writing class the next day and uh did a sketch writing class and then was that at ucb that was at the people's improv theater Mm -hmm. um took that and then from that class they put me on a team and that's where i met grace helbig Oh, very cool. Yeah. I don't think I realized that. Was that a Herald team? No, it was uh, it was a sketch team. Okay. So it was the first time they had they had uh, house improv teams, which Grace was already performing on. And then they were forming their first house sketch teams. And we got placed on one together. And then was it like as soon as you started doing comedy, you thought, okay, this is And then it was like, totally. Then it was whole hog of, I just want to write as much as I can. I just want to be on stage as much as I can um, and complete you know, diving into it and wanting to do it as often as possible. And you also played in a band though. Yeah. Like a funny band. I was in a band for seven years. Mm-hmm. Did you sing? Yes. Were you the lead singer? So there were three girls that fronted it. So we each, we'd take the lead on the songs that we wrote. But so the name of the band was Kudzu and the Faggots. Which according to Wikipedia is because the, the guys in the band said, give us a name. Like they the were backup like, band. Because like- we were like, it was a throwback. It was, it was kind of like a... The Ronettes mm-hmm. meet, you know, B-52s, but our our backing musicians were all just played in punk bands. So we had a female drummer and then a male bassist and a guitarist. And we were like, we really want it to be kudzu and the something. Like, you guys are have your own name. And they were like, cool, just don't name us something gay. And we were like, no problem. <laughs> kudzu and the faggots. <laughs> that's hilarious yeah what kind of places did you play we played all over the place i mean we played some real holes starting out you know just it's one of those just please please come to our show Mm -hmm. moments back of bars with terrible i remember we played one show at this like italian restaurant out like right outside of times square but definitely a place that (laughs) would be on kitchen nightmares Mm -hmm. and they asked us to play someone's birthday and like halfway through two of the mics blew out so then it's three girls huddled around a mic when we had like choreography and stuff we wore like sequin dresses Mm. pillbox hats the whole nine yards um but then by the time we were you know a few years later we're playing like mercury lounge and you know like places that held you know like 
three or four hundred people. Right. I worked a time out in New York. I feel like we should have covered you. Did we? There, we did have a couple of, you know, this is what you should go do this weekend. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, what year was this? Maybe I'd already left New York. Uh, well, I moved out here. I guess I was pretty much in that band from 2007 to 2013 or so. Yeah, we put out a couple albums. It was really fun. It was like we would just do whiskey shots on stage and we had this huge beer funnel that looked like a giant dick. And if it was your birthday, you had to come on stage and bong a beer out of the dick. And um, yeah, it was really tongue in cheek. Mm -hmm. Did you know a band called the Spicy Rizaks? No. Okay. They were were sort of a... I don't want to cheapen you guys by calling you a novelty band because it doesn't sound like you were totally a novelty no, band, but you yeah, were we, funny. We were funny, but we like took it seriously and and we were really proud of the music. Right. It wasn't like, hey, and no offense to anyone who does this, but it wasn't like, hey, we're two ukuleles and a hi-hat. Like we were a full band that practiced. And right. if you would have changed the lyrics, then yeah, you would have thought. Did you know we Le, weren't singing Le Son Coulot? Mm-mm. Okay. I think these, I think, these must the, the, those bands must have been playing before you guys were really are you performing saying we, out a lot. Are you saying we copied them? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like a bill with the three bands would have been so good. Yeah, totally. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. I appreciate that. Definitely. That is definitely what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> do you miss it? Did I just I ask do miss that? it. No, you hadn't yet. No, uh, I do miss it. I, it is kind of the most thing to perform. Like, they're comedy shows, and I do a, a tour with Grace and Hannah called No Filter. And the more I get to do this and become this, you know, kind of elevated version of myself on stage, I have a blast. But with the band, when, when you know, you were trying to do auditions and be really serious, there's nothing more fun than going on stage and, like, singing about pussy farts and drinking whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever the think best. about putting a band together out here? No. I know. I think that was just like a golden moment in time, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think the. It takes a lot of effort to get six people in a room. Yeah, it really does. And um, I love collaborating with friends, but at the end of the day, it's like creatively, you got to be self sufficient. I used to I play think. in a band. And really? People, yeah, and I and I miss it, but. I, I am going to steal your line of it was just a golden moment in time because mm-hmm. I just can't imagine. I mean, I think that if it hadn't been for our singer and the other people too, but I think, I think she was the kind of the one who was primarily like driving this, like Wait, what did we're going to practice. I played um, guitar and I sang backups. Look at you. But she also, she played guitar too. I mean, people said that I played lead guitar, but I think that I, I think we both played lead and we both played rhythm. Mm-hmm. We were kind of at the level of musicality where we both played the same thing. So, yeah. yeah. We were the iMovie of bands. <laughs> exactly. No, what was the um, name of your band? The Angoras. Oh. It was fun. But if it hadn't been for her being like, we are practicing three times a week. And, yeah. here's, and it's like, because I was always like, this just feels like a lot. It's a lot of work. It and really also, is. And carrying your gear around and setting everything up. And Well, I can't imagine. See, I just had to show up. But people who were, you know lugging it around every time you know our our drummer bringing in all the yes the uh symbols and stuff the but i did pull my weight because i was the only person in the band that didn't live in queens oh i lived in brooklyn so i had to do the hour and 15 minute train to band practice and then take the train home at midnight when it goes to local See, that's a huge commitment huge commitment how many times did you guys practice a week um we tried to oh, just once yeah 
And I mean, we were still slack about that. It was more just like, do we have a show booked? No, we'll, I'll see you guys in two weeks. Mm-hmm. But no, I remember there was one six month period, period where I was, um, I was waitressing in the West Village and it was a cute little place, but they served breakfast. Mm-hmm. And so you had to do a breakfast shift twice a week and you had to be there at 7 a.m. And so I'd be rehearsing till midnight, not getting home till like two because it goes local, waking up, you know, Mm-hmm. Three and a half, four hours later, and then going and waiting tables for 12 hours. So what made you decide to move out here? You know, a lot of friends moved out here. There's just more work. Yeah. And also, I, I came out here for about three months to do auditioning for pilots, uh, for pilot season over a winter. And then it was just that moment where it was, I've thought out. I can't go back and do another <laughs> New York winter. And I was sending pictures of me, you know, friends. It was a really brutal winter too, two years ago. So they'd be like, I'm covered in three feet of snow. And I'd be like, I'm having a Bloody Mary outside. <laughs> and so I just couldn't go back. Mm-hmm. Saw the light. So if you were doing pilot season, so at some point you must got an agent or manager. Yeah. Or all so I was doing, uh, I was doing sketch comedy at UCB and I was hosting a show and a two person show and on house teams and um, got like a commercial agent, booked a few commercials. And from there I started working with a manager and, um, and then uh, yeah, started doing auditions on tape and you know how they have you send them and you always just feel like such a like it's embarrassing to do an audition in real life but to do one on tape it's just maddening because you got to edit it <laughs> mm-hmm. yourself and oh my god it's the worst it's like hearing your your own voice outgoing voicemail she's like <laughs> oh god that's what i sound like fuck yeah so then came out here because there's you know this is the hub mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it seems like because when I was there, I felt like there was this exodus mm-hmm. to California. I feel like there is every four years. Okay. That's what I'm trying to figure out is if it's just when you're there, it feels like that's happening, but it's always continual or if there really was a spike. No, I feel like, I mean, I don't know the graphs, but I feel like <laughs> people go to New York first and then it is a graduating class mentality yeah. that comes out to LA and then d- keeps doing it or disperses or whatnot, but it's like that that loop mm-hmm. you know everyone going to new york first i can't imagine coming to la first no no i mean people must do it but people do it but i know but i had wondered i remember posing this question years ago are there people who still move to new york to pursue their dreams yes all the time i think so what dreams are they pursuing because it's not like when i went there mm-hmm. it was you know writing and magazines and i can't imagine they go to new york for that anymore because all magazines so? are smaller than they used to be. What? I mean, I feel like people still do it. I feel like the the writing, the uh, like stand-ups, actresses, you know, yeah. because so many people, for me, I was like, I want to go to New York when I want to be a serious actress. I want to go to New York and get my like chops doing theater. Mm-hmm. And theater, you know, you bop around on your feet there. I, I don't know the theater scene in LA. I'm sure it's great. But the idea of just being on your feet and going to the different things rather than living in a car. Right. You know, it's romantic when you have energy when you're 22. <laughs> and now it's just like, no, give me a cup holder. Give me my Pandora. <laughs> I will sit in traffic all day. Except for having to park. I like the I'm freedom of not it. having to park. I liked the freedom of mm-hmm. not having to deal with I'm that. I'm terrible at it. I just hit your uh, neighbor's recycling bin pretty good i rearranged it it's okay they can't trace it it's a good thing that all the bins are so smushy out here Mm -hmm, because it's not like in the old days which i don't even know oscar the grouch trash can yes exactly that's what i was gonna say i don't think i've ever think i've lived in a time where i recall those (laughs) 
But my knowledge of Sesame Street leads me to think that's what they used to have. Yeah, I think so. That's a lot of clanking. It really is. Mm-hmm. But really is. to be fair, you could pull off the lid and hit a burglar in the face or a mugger in the face, which you can't do with the no. new trash cans. You can't even get the lid off. No, you just have, have to. You have to like lure them in <laughs> to trip inside and then cover it. Right. Right. Which as a trash. You have to practice. That's like a practiced maneuver. Yeah. That's like a really hijink self-defense class. Exactly. <laughs> I hope they teach that in some kind of comedy self-defense. Yeah. That's, that's self-defense how I want to protect class. myself. So how long have you been doing You Deserve a Drink? I've been doing it for, I think, going on four years. Okay, so you were doing it in New York. Yes. How did it change when you came out here? Just tons of celeb drop in. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing changed at all. I mean, it's evolved because uh, there's only so many dirty jokes you can do, so trying to figure out other stuff to do with it. Um, it, Yeah, it hasn't really changed. I mean, Grace is so successful right now and she's crushing it so she just a show on e right? on e yeah that uh she is going to be fantastic at i got to see the pilot and be a part of it and it's just she's gonna kill it um her star is rising um so i've started doing them on my own which is interesting to either bring in a guest or to go was that funny because no one's laughing in the room <laughs> You know, but uh, but it's been great. I think it's transitioning well. Mm -hmm. Were you nervous at first when you had to do it yourself? Totally. I did my first You Deserve a Drink without Grace there. um, I think just this past Christmas. Which, who was it? Do you remember? No, I did one just like naughty vegan cocoa Mm -hmm. or something, but I did it with my dog Beans. Mm -hmm. I had to have a body there. But no, that was fun because I used a huge peppermint stick and I got... I accidentally knocked it out and then I lost it somewhere in my friend's house. So I was just drunk and laughing about where the hell this dildo peppermint stick went to. (laughs) (laughs) Do you find, depending on... So sometimes you have an actual guest and sometimes it's just a celebrity. Mm -hmm. But do you find, depending on... Do you find that your um, performance changes depending on who the guest is. I mean, I think if it's a really good friend, then it's Mm loosey-goosey, but I just did um, one with Jamie Oliver a couple weeks ago. I watched that. That's actually what made me ask the question. At the beginning, I was like, I wonder if she's going to be different because he's British and he's Jamie Oliver, but then you weren't. You were just yourself. Yeah, no, it was still really fun. I guess it was just making it really succinct because it's a matter of, oh, you're an extremely busy man Mm -hmm. and you just got off a flight from England, but he was a blast. I mean, he was, couldn't have been more down to play. Uh, but no, I think it pretty much stays the same. I don't button it up. Mm-hmm. And I get asked so many times if I'll do a, a virgin cocktail. Oh. You know, for like a younger YouTuber right. or for, you know, just someone. And I'm just, no, just no. Do you um, get drunk when uh, you do the show? Yeah, it depends. I mean, sometimes I'm just making them and I'm only having the drink at on hand. But there was a time where, you know, Grace was traveling so much. I was traveling so much that we would film four in a row. And then it's game over. Yeah. Do you ever feel, do you ever not feel like drinking? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that came out wrong. What I'm saying is here you are filming a thing with a big alcoholic beverage. Are you ever like, I'm not in the mood for this right now? Yeah. It's not like I'm chugging them on camera. Right. So really uh, a lot of part of it is just making sure it tastes well before I tell other people to make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, do chefs always feel like eating? I don't know, but I I do know just based on watching Gordon Ramsay that they do have to taste everything constantly. Yeah, constantly. Oh, I love food. What um, 
I do too. What is the No Filter Show? So the No Filter Show is a live show that we tour with. That's Grace and Hannah and I, uh, Hannah Hart from My Drunk Kitchen, and um, and basically it's kind of a free for all. It changes every time we go out, but it's us being ourselves on stage. We try to keep it really unscripted and incorporate lots of elements of uh, improv in it because we let everyone tape it, tape it. What am I in the fucking eighties? <laughs> um, <laughs> so <coughs> sorry. So we let people keep their cameras on. And so within, you know, 10 minutes of the show curtain call, it's on YouTube. So what we noticed is we did the show the first time ever. We just kind of workshopped it out here at the Meltdown. Mm -hmm. Um, This was like, I don't know, two years ago. And we did a couple sketches. We decided we wanted to take it out, but people taped it. And we, when we took it out three months later and did a couple of the same things, people were looking at us dead in the eyes because... It was like they'd seen this movie 800 times. They'd watched right. it. So we try to keep it really loose so that it can change every town because, or else, you know, four shows in, people will be, well, they've seen the show. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's great because it's built in marketing because then you can go online and there's, you know, hundreds of videos of our show. Mm-hmm. There's just angles of my body. <laughs> every angle is covered, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, let's take some questions. Okay, cool. From Twitter. Love it. And when normally when I'll read like an email I receive or something, there's a song we play, which goes back to when we used to, this is, there's, this is way too much introduction. I'm into it. Song, but, um, we used to pull, we had people send in topics they want us to discuss and we pull a topic out of a sombrero. We haven't done that in a long time, but anytime that I do anything like that, I say, let's pull it out of a hat. Mostly because I want to hear this song. It's the topic, topic sombrero. We asked for topics and you sent them in. It's the topic, topic sombrero. Now pick a topic and let's begin. It's the topic, sombrero. I think that was worth the intro. Thank you. That was fantastic. I was bopping and grooving. Here we go. Shmoo says, what is your favorite chapter title in your book? Hashtag can't wait. Ooh. Uh, favorite chapter title. Well, the, the chapter titles are the names of cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one. Oh, man. One of the chapters is called Right in the Nuts. <laughs> so that's and that's uh, actually the story of the the day I heard my parents were getting divorced. But it's hilarious. Sounds hilarious. <laughs> and what happened right in the nuts? Uh, right in the nuts without any spoilers, but I basically found out at a family reunion in Texas, and then my mom took us, drove us to Atlanta to drop us off with our dad, and over the course of that, there were like flat tires, a murder at a Hotel Six. There was a lot of shit that went down. Wow. Yeah. That is a lot. Yeah. All right. Adam F- Fajardo. I think that's how you pronounce it. Fajardo? <laughs> Fajardo, I think. What does it feel like knowing Beans is the true star of You Deserve a Drink? Well, I don't know if we've talked about Beans truly yet on this podcast. I don't think we have. I don't think we have. We need um, to. We need to. Beans is the dog that I adopted a year ago, and she is a five-pound Mexican hairless, or Jolong Squinkly is actually <laughs> the name of the breed. Uh, and so she only has hair on her head, her feet, 
her tail and a little ridge on her back like a mohawk. Mm -hmm. And she, because she's a hairless breed, she naturally has less teeth. So her teeth stay, her tongue stays out constantly. I didn't even know that about hairless breeds. Yeah. They don't have as many teeth. No, it's it's a hereditary thing. So Mm -hmm. people, ugh, the amount of comments I get on YouTube or whatnot that are just like, your dog is slow or whatnot. She's totally a normal. She's not inbred. She's not like, you know, a puppy mill. She's just, that's what she looks like, guys. Cut her some slack. She's <laughs> really, really, really fucking cute. And she has her own Instagram, at Bean's Heart. Now, you, I read something, though. You were in love with another dog, oh, right, yes. on Pet Finder. That you, I had that experience when I was in New York, mm-hmm. which in retrospect, I really don't think I could have dealt with a dog and I don't I'm no. actually kind of glad it didn't all work out for me in New York with the dog or also with my life but right. anyway um yeah this dog's name was Buttons and I was obsessed oh. with Buttons and I, I like put it in the application yep. and it was been finally and I they always say don't call but I called and I found out that Buttons had been adopted by someone else oh. and I was really bummed and then I tried to go back to find the photo of Buttons because I was I kept looking at the page and that it was taken down yeah. I was like why did I not capture this photo Okay, I had a similar experience. I, the one you're talking about was in LA, which we can get to, which was Wispy. But I did have a similar experience when I was in New York because there was a place like Bark. It was like Brooklyn Animal Rescue Center or mm-hmm. something. And they had a website. And I was getting, you know, lonely for a dog. And I went on there and I saw the cutest dog ever. I can't remember their name, its name, but it was one of those situations where they had to be adopted with a brother. Mm-hmm. And the brother was cute. Not as cute. Right, right. Let's get real. Like I would have just There's gone, always one I would have gone yeah. solo with the small guy. Right. Um but I became obsessed. It was my uh you know wallpaper on my laptop. <laughs> I was just really into this dog and then finally I said, "Fuck it. I'm just going to apply. I'm just mm-hmm. going to what's the harm? You know, right. I'm not like picking it up right now." So I asked um, you know, is the dog still available? And they're like, actually, uh, they got rescued last week. And I was like, uh, go fuck yourselves. So why is it still on the website? Right. Quit playing with my emotions. Yes. Um, Selfish bastards with the, so, the running the rescue. Yeah. Out of the kindness of their heart. So I was upset about these two, kept it as my wallpaper, had it in my phone. And then about six months later, I'm walking through Times Square. I think I'm actually going to meet Grace for a drink. And there's this, you know, like, adorably portly man sashaying down the street with the with these two dogs and let's say their name was like dallas and maverick that's what they were changed to i just go is that dallas and maverick (laughs) in Uh. times square and this animal was just like this guy was just like yeah and i was like i'm in love with your dog i mean like i looked like a total wacko was like Uh i almost adopted these dogs i was like three days late like (laughs) and he's like okay turns out the person who adopted them is um i can't remember his first name it's jennifer gray's dad joel joel gray yes mm-hmm. so he was his like assistant was walking him because he was doing a show in Times square and i was like well if anything happens <laughs> please let me know i know it sounds very morbid but so yeah i got the dogs i wanted stolen from me F- by joel by gray. legendary oscar winning actor he have joel- enough i mean yeah, doesn't right? he have enough without having to steal your dogs right that's the problem with the rich. I know. And, and like famous. the dogs really want to hang out and shit on 42nd Street. Right. No, they want to be glamorous. Prospect Heights. Although, were you still living there at that point? Yeah, I was still broke somewhere. Like I didn't need dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's my, that's my feeling about. I think that I was hopeful 
when when the whole buttons thing started mm. maybe i didn't wasn't as poor as i became but at a certain point it's like i could barely take care i mean that's exaggerating a little bit but right not it felt like i could barely take care of my i mean it was definitely month mm-hmm. to month and like am i gonna be able to make rent this month so um, you know what Allison, my dog is dreaming right this now sounds <laughs> like a hot buttons issue <laughs> there we go nice she's here go. guys um so what happened with wispy <laughs> so wispy was a dog <laughs> i sound like a fucking maniac um wispy was a dog when i came out here those three months for pilot season before i lived here that grace and i used to have a thing where we would just get drunk and then go on pet finder like some people like go on tinder or you know whatever their ex's Facebook page. I just go on Pet Finder and fall in love with animals. So we would send each other dogs and there was this tiny, I'm like chihuahua, this shaky little crazy thing that looked like a cotton ball that like got stuck in a rainstorm. That means it had a video on the thing, didn't it? The fact that you know that it was a shaky little cotton ball. It had a video. And the best part about Wispy was Wispy was probably three and a half pounds, but the video of her, she was on a bed, um, with two pit bulls that were trying to sleep and she was just dominating them. <laughs> and I was like, so tiny yet powerful. Mm. I enjoy her. So it was another thing where I went back and forth and it was like, I still live in New York. I can't have a dog. Oh, what am I going to, well, I don't know if Wispy would survive the plane flight. Mm-hmm. Her tiny heart would explode. <laughs> um, but then after a week of going back and forth, I finally just sent an email saying I wanted Wispy. And they said, a family is coming to visit Wispy tomorrow. <gasps> if I was like, is it Joel Gray? Because I will kill him. <laughs> Um, and, uh, if it doesn't work out, we'll call you, but it worked out. So I actually have (laughs) Wispy's pet finder profile picture as a pillow on my couch. So somewhere out there, that was a birthday gift from Grace. So somewhere out there down the road, (laughs) I I just, I want my star to rise to the point like people are like, Oh, I want an Oscar. I want a star on the walk of fame. No, I just want to get famous enough to where wispy wispy's owners know who i am and are like would you like a play date with wispy because <laughs> you still think about wispy i still yeah i mean i lay my head on wispy every time i'm watching the bachelor you know on the couch have you discovered bark buddy that's what it's called, what are you right? doing what are you going to do destroy me with some new way to fall in love with dogs i can't have yes it's an app oh, it, it doesn't work that well so that's the argument against it you can't filter there's like a there's always search filters so big you know if you want a big dog or a small dog mm-hmm. or what age and no matter what you do it just gives you all the dogs as, is as decrepit an, an option because that seems to be my type <laughs> no but they have some decrepit dogs okay you just have to wade through all the non-decrepit ones Ugh. but anyway it's an app and um you swipe left and right it's sort of it's like straight up tinder I've actually never, I need to be, I need to get on Tinder even though I'm married just to know what it is. Well, I've been on a friend's before and they were pissed because I didn't know how to work it. So I Mm -hmm. kept accidentally like accepting. That's what happened with Bark Buddy. I kept accidentally putting them in my favorites. And I was like, no, I was trying to go to the next dog. (laughs) So is then the point of Bark Buddy to adopt a dog or it's just like to have sex with a dog? Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. It's to adopt a dog. It's, it's just a, it's a way, it's just an app for, it's like pet finder, but it's an app. Okay. But then I find that if you find a dog that you want, you're going to want to go find them on pet finder anyway. So pet and, finder is kind of just the place you'll end up anyway. And also if I saw a dog that I wanted, I wouldn't like hit a little, I like swipe left and keep looking like, you know, when that's yeah. your dog, I saw beans and I started crying. Really? Yes. What was it about her? Well, her name was Mindy at the time. <laughs> Ugh. Gross. Um, she, 
because I've always wanted a dog. I've always said I was like, I want them to have either one eye or three legs or their tongue sticks out. Like I want a unique looking dog. And then there she was in a striped turtleneck tongue a blazing <laughs> just like it was a still photo and i could see her shaking <laughs> are you like this in your private life as well with humans wanting oh, to rescue weirdos just the grosser the better <laughs> no. <laughs> no i don't think so i like pretty like self-sufficient responsible people with, i've never both eyes and all limbs and things yeah i mean i'm not gonna knock you down uh, eye patches are cool but um i don't know how i deal with someone whose tongue stayed out the whole time <laughs> Because I just laugh at beans mm. just by looking at her. So someone might take offense to that. Does her little tongue get dry? It does get dry, but she reconstitutes it. When I first got her, I was nervous because it would get to the point where it just looks like a like a wadded piece of gum that's mm-hmm. been under a, a desk for 20 years. <laughs> um, and so I would dip my finger in water and like sneak up to her and like drop it on there. <laughs> but then I just learned you know what? You got to let the kids grow up. Mm. She knows how to breathe. She knows how to re-wet the tongue. But after a long night of snoozing, when she starts to reconstitute it, it I mean, it just looks like she's chewing a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> so she was Mindy for five years. I don't know if she was Mindy for five years or if she was, they found her on the streets, wow. you know, which clearly she had a family because three things that motherfucker wouldn't survive on the streets. Mm-hmm. I mean, a gust of wind. She's gone. Um, two, she was housebroken and she like knows how to like paw to get under, uh, the covers. And three, Mm -hmm. she, when she sees like another dog or something, she stalks it like a cat. Uh Like she gets really low and stalks it. So I think she must've lived in a house with cats. So I think they just called her Mindy on the adoption site. Right. Which it's like a pink turtleneck and Mindy, you're really trying to feminize this, this thing. (laughs) My God. Um, Another beans question. What is your favorite thing about beans? She smells like tortilla chips. I'm always hungry. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, here's a question. Crystal says, ask her how she keeps her skin so amazing and glowing. We are the same age and I still have acne and her skin rocks. Oh, man. She, she might be a pizza face. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I, it's just a Listen, callback. That I'm, was a callback. We know. <laughs> I have adult acne, so I totally get it. Listen, hey, I have rosacea. People are like, oh, your your cheeks are so rosy. Yeah, it's called rosacea. It's a disorder. <laughs> um, now that I, I wish I could offer some advice. I think it's uh, good genes or whatnot because I full on fall asleep in makeup every single night. I do not take care of my skin at all. I use like hand soap. Really? To wash it. It's so drying. No, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll moisturize. I'll use like a tinted moisturizer. Mm-hmm. I love that this has become like a beauty advice yeah. uh, podcast. No, I'm really, I'm really bad at adult things. I fall asleep with my contact lenses in every night and then just like halfway through the night realize I have dried plastic in my eye and flip them out. And then I wake up with makeup on every day. Say something really girly. Gotcha. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. I think that was, that <laughs> yeah, was it. Totally. Okay. Um, Emmett says, will you, Grace and Hannah do another fart soundboard challenge? Because that video still makes me laugh the hardest. Oh, thanks. Uh, so you guys know what they're talking about. Essentially, we stumbled onto a soundboard that they have online. Uh, If you've never been to the David Lee Roth one, you should go. Where it just has little nuggets of sounds. And there was one that has like 
80 different fart noises but the thing about them isn't even the farts it's what people name them (laughs) like they really try to come up with it so uh we did a video where we essentially challenged each other to not laugh after hearing the title and the fart noise and i i was on the floor crying so i don't know i think i'd do another soundboard challenge but maybe not the farts i might be desensitized to the farts we we need a new we need a new soundboard Mm -hmm. All right. And finally, all the hard hitting questions. <laughs> Ashley, though, says, What inspired you to make drinks? Will you ever open your own restaurant, Ooh, bar, or pub? That's um, a great question. Wait, we have one more after this, actually. So cool. Yeah. Um, what inspired me to make drinks was to pay my rent. And then I just, I really love fancy little cocktails, like full on in the little cup that they charge you $16 for. Mm -hmm. And I hate paying that much money. So I think that's when I started getting into trying to make fancy drinks myself, um, which then became, hey, let's combine what I want to do and what I have to do into, into YouTube videos. Because even if people don't like my jokes, I just taught them how to make a mojito so they can suck it. Um, (laughs) And as far as my own place, totally. I so, so, so want my own bars. Um, I don't know exactly what they would be, but I would say, yeah, that's that's definitely a, where do you see yourself in five years? I want to have some spots. But if you like if you're just having a drink at home, do you mm-hmm. make something fancy for yourself? A hundred percent. Every single time. Like last night I'm watching TV and I made um I made a gin gimlets with uh with celery like a celery bitters atomized on top oh yeah with like Fancy. cucumber gin yeah and patrick Camunez says favorite brunch cocktail i'm a bloody mary girl through and through uh i love a good mimosa a callback too much citrus makes my rosacea flare up <laughs> <laughs> um but no, I'd say spicy Bloody Marys because it feels like a meal. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're replenishing your body. And let's be honest, you're going to brunch hungover. It's true. I mean, if you weren't a little bit drunk from the night before, you wouldn't deal with those crowds. <laughs> All right. Let's do just me or everyone. This is where people write in mm-hmm. things they think or do and they wonder, is it just me or everyone? All right. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought of. All right. Ask P. Liz says, just me or everyone, the day begins on a tiny failure if I've used up all my Pandora skips before getting out of bed. Oh, wait. Well, I don't listen to Pandora in bed. That's what I was going to say. I don't either. What is she? What she straight up put on like hardcore rap to help her get up in the morning? Like who? I don't don't listen to music in bed. No, I don't either. I feel like I got to ease into it. I'm never one of those people who are like, oh, time to start the day and like put on mm-hmm. some lover boy or something. I the band, to- not the film. <laughs> <laughs> I used to listen to music so much more before right? there became there before there were so many options, because now I feel like if I want to put on music. It's like I've got to find it on my computer or phone and then I've got to attach it to a speaker or a something or I don't know. It's just it's it's become there's so many more steps to go through than before I when i used to just push a button and put on my cd or whatever totally i feel like when it comes to music i'm slowly becoming a crotchety old man mm-hmm. just like, there's just too many bands and they're yes. too new yes so i just listen to i basically only listen to missy elliott pandora and i you did you love her um Are you kid- my heart stopped and i knew it was coming i'd heard a spoiler i really loved it how did I, you hear it did you have info from the inside 
no. <laughs> I think I stumbled upon it. I wish I had some Missy Elliott insider info. But what I hope it means is that she's going to go on tour. But so just you. What was her name? Ask P. Liz. Ask P. Liz. However, I will say it is universally annoying when you use them up. Yes. Agreed. Because then they put it on the worst song. It's like they know mm-hmm. that your skips are done. Right. So then they're like they put on the hokey pokey. I will try to ration my skips, but mm-hmm. then sometimes it's sort of like trying. You can't to, live like that. No, no. And then I'll just be like, "Fuck it," and I'll just keep. I'll just burn them. Burn you know what all I'll do? Them. I will unplug. Like I'm still rocking like an aux cord. I don't even do Bluetooth. I can't <laughs> figure that shit out. So I'll take that out and play the radio while that song plays through. And then, oh, yeah, smart. Mm-hmm. Ashley says, "Just mirror everyone. Being on hold would be so much more enjoyable without the hold music." Oh, totally everyone yes what i find more annoying than the hold music though is the your call is very important to us because mm-hmm. the, the music will stop for a second and You'll then think, you start talking yes, to us you think someone's picking up but it's just well someone see if, telling you you're important to them if it was, you're not no you never are if it was just silence then you put it on speaker you do your thing and then you hear it yes but no i, I hate it yes yeah. in this day and age i really like it now when they're like would you like to give your number and have us call you back? Yes, that is nice. Mm-hmm. The first couple times I was offered that, though, I didn't do it. It's like I didn't it trust it. Scary. Yeah. yeah, it got a little scary. Yeah, we didn't trust the the technology. I didn't yet. trust they would really call me or something. Right. I don't know. WW leader Amy says, "Just mirror everyone. Close menu before ordering, only to open and point for the waitress." Yes, I do that too because all of a sudden, right when the person's there to take my order, I forget, and so I have to check with the check the menu again. See, I do not. The only time I reopen the menu is if I have doubt of the pronunciation. But if it's a if it's a straightforward, you know, ravioli or something, I I, I keep it closed. Smart. But I also Bold. am so obsessed with food that I probably already looked up the menu online before we got there. I like and knew what I was too. going to get. And then once I met my friend there for dinner, I had to pretend like I was choosing <laughs> when I'd been like salivating for six hours. But do you sometimes change your mind when you get there if you've already decided ahead of time? Not really because I'm a vegan. Bird. Oh, right. But so I can't do like the daily specials normally. How long have you been a vegan? Just two years, but vegetarian for a long time. Mm-hmm. How was the switch from vegetarian to vegan? Oh, terrible. I hate being vegan. <laughs> I miss cheese so much. Yeah, I'll fully admit it. it. Sucks dick. Don't do it. Don't watch documentaries, you guys. Is that what made you switch? Yeah, I was out here again for that pilot season. Mm. Every story revolves around that. And I was broke. And so there was one weekend where I was house sitting for my cousin. I was like, I'm just going to stay in, go get some $2 Trader Joe's wine and just watch Netflix all weekend. And then I got sucked into one of those you know food is terrible right cycles where they're like oh if you watched m is for murder meat sucks you're gonna love this one too and i just got into a k-hole and then grace came to pick me up to go to dinner and i was like i'm vegan now (laughs) (laughs) i'm cursed ashley says oh ashley again she's back actually it's me Uh, again (laughs) just mirror everyone a karaoke bar always sounds fun or at least tolerable or at best tolerable but winds up being awful I have to agree, and it, except I don't think it sounds fun even. Oh, I'm just okay. not. I'm not a big karaoke fan. Are I know this is going to shock you to your core, but I love performing. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I will say. I will say planning a karaoke night, always a disaster. Going out, having fun, getting some booze in you, and then randomly being like, let's go do karaoke, and it's really close, fun. 
I dated a guy. Dated is so the wrong word. I had a crush on a guy and he's going to hear out. that and be like, dated, think, get over yourself. Yeah, I know. I feel like there's <laughs> so many guys where that could happen, actually. <laughs> like the guy I was dating when I had the panic attack. Right. The night, not really. <laughs> and he's like, what? Uh, no, there was a guy I had a crush on and we hooked up in a cab on our way to we were leaving one party and it was so exciting when we got in the car together. I'm mm-hmm. like, where, where is this going to go? And then he started kissing me. And then where it went was a karaoke bar where he sang his song that he always sings at karaoke. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? Wait, so he was one of those people who That's just what, drops into a karaoke bar just to sing the song that they know they will destroy at and yes, then leave? Yes, pretty much. But I, What was the song? This will really... Now it actually concerns me that he might actually listen, but I don't think he would because... There's probably a lot of guys who like to sing U2's one. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, awful. I was already judging it, and now it was, I'm no, really I'm judging saying. it. That's what I'm saying. It was awful. It was awful. That's terrible. Like, if he went in there and then just got everyone going nuts on some living on a prayer. Right. Or really showmanship, or, you know, we didn't start the fire, mm-hmm. something. But U2, mm-mm. This might have been no. his way of letting me know that he wasn't into me. He well, might have well, been doing the second. fade out in, in person because I he didn't need me to be there to do this at all. No, I think he him. was peacocking. Let me ask I, you this. Yeah, the cab ride this. over. Yeah. When you guys were hooking up, are we talking trampoline hookup or waterbed hookup? What's less than even that? Uh, trampoline? Is trampoline less like than even that? church group lock-in? It was real innocent. Okay. Got yeah, it, it was boobs. just kissing. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I mean, kissing and some groping maybe. Okay. There we go. I don't think he wasn't into you. I think he was peacocking. I think if he would have taken you there and then sang, I don't know. What's it, What's like an anthem that would be like, hey, I'm bringing you here to be like, fuck off. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Like what's the, the equivalent real? of a, he, I'm just not that into you song. Right. What is that, Jeff? Can you think of one? Some strip club song, something like that, like Cherry Pie. <laughs> oh, maybe. I'm trying to think. Hot of- for teacher and like you're not a teacher. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Bryant Rich says, when I stop reading, I always do it at the first full paragraph on the left hand page. So I always know where I left off. That's smart. I don't do that. I do not do that. But I think that's a helpful tip. Yes. That maybe everyone should do while they read. You deserve a drink coming out May 26th, Penguin Books. MCPE Wiki says, just mirror everyone. I find it hard to believe anyone can actually be a morning person. I am so far from being a morning Mm -hmm. person that I would agree with this, but I have seen the people pop up and they're just chipper as hell. Yeah. And I honestly, I feel like if I could get, you know, if there was a genie that said you get three wishes, but they have to be rational. I'd be like, make me a morning person. You I would, really wish you were one. I would love to because we all have those days where there's something, some reason, like mine will be like some shoot or something where you have to get up at six and mm-hmm. be there. And then it's new and you're like, this is my new life. Yes. This was so productive. This wasn't that bad. I'm going to do this from now on. 
and no, and it's never happened. Not I, once. I just recently had a, had something similar to that, which is that I had a doctor's appointment at 9 a.m. on a Saturday. Granted, it's not the 6 a.m. thing, but it still felt right. I felt insanely productive. Totally. And I was like, I should always do this. I should just set my alarm. I should get out. Just make myself do stuff super early. It hasn't happened since. I will hit snooze for two and a half hours. Yeah. I love sleeping so much. Well, I sleep in, but I also like to stay up late. Me too. But what would your other two rational wishes be? Oh, man. Oh, geez. This is tough. This is really tough. Uh, I would really like, I would like to enjoy exercise. Mm -hmm. Like, I do not. I don't even stand if I have to. Like, I hate (laughs) exercise. And then I guess uh, rational... I don't know. What would yours be? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's within reach. Right. I would probably like to be more organized. Okay. Mm-hmm. What would my other rational ones I'm be? I'm really unorganized. I'm messy. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really, I would like to be able to declutter better. There we go. Like, I will throw dirty clothes everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, all horizontal surfaces near me eventually get covered with my detritus. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. I would like the to The rational to- genie. Right. <laughs> This sucks. He like he like you rub like a tasteful West Elm <laughs> vase right. and it comes out. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like to be able to make decisions better. Probably. Oh well, you're nailing it on these rational. Thank you. Wishes. Thank you so much. Maybe yeah, I've made some progress. I'm trying I to think what it. my third would be. I'm gonna. What morning person? It would be for infinite rational wishes. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um. Maybe it would be. To be a morning person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Could you imagine being the one who gets up and fixes breakfast for everyone? I'm like, ne- before they've never woken. Ever, never ever done that. Me neither. I sleep through breakfast. S, you know what it would be, I think? What? It would be to sleep well through the night. Because oh. I love sleep, but I wake up a thousand million times. Hit that z girl. Really? I don't know. There's probably something. I don't know if it's good. I mean... Yes, my mom is an intense insomniac. Mm-hmm. Like she has to take, she's been taking some sleep med that you're not supposed to take for like more than three months and she's been taking it for like 20 years. And does she wake up No, so she's over? Yeah, so she's totally out. But no, but because she's so, uh, you know, has to rely on it so much. Because if she runs out of her prescription and the pharmacy isn't open for two days, she's up for two days or maybe sleeping like an hour or so. Wow. But um, so because of that, I'm like scared. You know, people be like, just take a Benadryl. And I'll be like, no. Yeah. I took Ambien. Oh God. A couple times. But there's, there's like a controlled release Ambien that'll keep you asleep for a while. But I took the the other one. That just knocks you out? Knocks you out. But then you wake up a couple hours later. I'm like, well, I could have done this on my own. Right. But I felt a little bit almost like stoned the next day. And I didn't like, actually I did. I liked the feeling, but I didn't feel like it was productive to. Yeah. You couldn't just be in an Ambien haze forever. Also, I don't want to take sleep meds, which I, I, I go through like very insomniac phases. I can sleep, but I don't, I won't fall asleep to like Mm -hmm. 5 a.m. every night in New York. But a lot of them say it gives you crazy dreams. Yeah. I've heard that Like I already have crazy. Last night I dreamt that I was in prison and the prison had a lazy river. (laughs) And at the lazy river, there was a rabid raccoon that kept like 
jumping rafts to get closer to me. And I like couldn't get away from this rabid raccoon at the prison Lazy River. Who was the rabid raccoon? That's what I want to know. I took it to Twitter. No one could solve it for me. Hmm. They were like, did you watch Guardians of the Galaxy? And I was like, no, of course not. I watched oh, Say right, Yes to the Dress. Prison and a raccoon. There's a prison in Guardians? Yes. Oh, okay. But you haven't seen it. But where's the Lazy River? There's, I don't think there's one of those. I think I just need a vacation. (laughs) Was it a nightmare? Oh, it was terrifying. I kept being like, does no one notice this raccoon is rabid? It's very active during the day on this Lazy River. (laughs) (laughs) If you were to give the dream a a name, Mm -hmm. what would it be? Uh, Oh, man. I I don't know, like Memory Heart and the 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 crazy river, like the crazy coon river. I don't know. The <laughs> well, this didn't work. The reason I, I ask, a, a therapist said it to me once when I was trying. There was like this crazy dream where there was actually there were these like two crazy dogs in the dream. My dream had an animal had animals too, mm-hmm. and it was just. And then it changed to this, and then it was this, and then it was this. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, I was talking about it in therapy. And my therapist was like, "If you were to name it, what would you say?" And then that sort of helped us get it, like what it was about. What would you name it? Like the reckon? What were you? I the think dogs? it. Yeah, I think it has something to do with the dogs. Okay. And then we realized that that was kind of the key to, because they but represented no. something. But so I guess it's like sort of if if a dream is all over the place, but yours. I'm sorry that I tried to apply this to your dream. It's okay. It didn't it, I have it weird dreams right. every night? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're ever trying, if you ever have a weird dream that like is very, um, give it like a movie title. Well, I think. The idea with giving it a title is you're sort of honing in on what was the most, um, the the part that had the most meaning. And that might be the key to like what it actually represents. Mm. If there's a dream that has like a bunch of different symbols in it. Got it. So, yeah. So that didn't help me at all. No. (laughs) I wish I'd never brought it up. (laughs) I had a crazy, so I, so the day that I had the early doctor's appointment, I didn't get a lot of sleep that night, so I came back that day, and I did something that I don't normally do, which is I took a really, really, really long nap. It was like my favorite That'll thing that I'd done up. in a long time, though. It was the best. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have a crush on that nap. Like, I woke up <laughs> <laughs> feeling so, like, I just want to do this again soon. Did you pop up energized? No. But or I were pop- you like, now I'm just kind of but going through the up- motions of the rest of the day? I popped up... I. No joke. I felt like if you can remember that feeling when you meet someone that you get a crush on uh-huh. and you're like, my life is more magical now. Like, I really felt like my life was infused with magic. That's how good the nap was. Holy I was smoke. Like, I, found, I found the secret and the secret is sleeping through the day. It I don't know. It was a mystic nap. <laughs> it really was. Mm-hmm. But anyway, listen to this crazy, weird dream. Uh, even though it's super indulgent for me to tell you about my dream. (laughs) (laughs) I, there was like this special chair that you reclined in sort of like a a dentist chair. And there's this video screen that you'd look at and you would chat. Like this was like the new thing that everyone was doing. It was sort of like an online dating thing, but you'd have this really super intense chat with someone. Okay. Um, and, um, but I, I think that you've, you really felt like you were, uh, communicating with them and forming a bond with them. Like, like as you were doing, it was sort of in the future. Maybe and as you were doing it, you, you weren't thinking that you were talking to them on a video screen and in this chair, you felt like you were in the same room. And then I f- was taught, I, there was two different guys that I was having these, these like deep, meaningful yes, conversations like- with. I know. 
And then I said to one of them, like, I can't remember how it came out, but it turned out that he had cancer. And I said, what stage is it? And he said, stage 16, which is like, that it does not exist in real life. But basically the guys who were using this, they were all like very, they all had very advanced cancer and were kind of just waiting to die. And it was this like very upsetting realization that like, oh, that's, that's who this whole thing is for. This is very Matrix slash Vanilla Sky slash What Dreams May Come. It, and I think you need to get it on paper, get someone attached. <laughs> You're right. I need to package this dream. Let's sell this Let's bitch. Find an agency it's going to sell way dream. quicker than Lazy Crazy Raccoon River. <laughs> That's just going to be a ride at Disneyland. Okay, but I had James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, on the podcast. Maybe he would be interested in Lazy Crazy Raccoon Let's talk it River up. Prison. Let's do it. It's like Orange is the New Black, mm-hmm. but with raccoons. But in, and, but in the sticks. Exactly. Yeah, it's the Boonville Prison. All right. SK Knows Tweet says, Whenever I hear bonus episode, I say boner sewed in my head and giggle like a schoolgirl. Just mirror everyone. I like that. I, I love. That, I would like to do that, but yeah. I don't. Maybe, maybe I will now, or at least I'll think of you doing it. Yeah, and how? I mean, I would like to also know what she watches or listens to to see the word bonus episode so much. Well, podcast probably. Okay, because like I'll refer to something as a bonus episode. Okay. Well, now, In now, fact, maybe, now you'll always think boners. Right, episode. I will. Big Block One Hundred Nine says, "Just mirror everyone. Feel awkward when leaving." cash tip on table and write zero in on tip amount on mm-hmm. receipt totally do you always write zero though i don't No, Maybe i don't I, should. I don't i think what you do is you write cash oh that's smart because having worked in restaurants and bars forever like there's some sticky fingers like mm. people do steal and there is shady shit that goes down with employees so if someone comes and they see cash but then like someone swiped it be it a customer or like another server or something they can you know at least throw a fit right but if they see zero then it's like these motherfuckers stiffed me yes yeah that's smart so you mm-hmm. just write it right in the little line you could even cash. like write the amount and say in cash yeah but i would say in the amount you say cash yeah mm-hmm. well now we know there's a tip there is a tip about Literally. Tips. Oh! yeah perfect <laughs> and lastly cats meow five says the time between the voicemail greeting and the beep to record feels like forever. Sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, did the person make a mistake as they left their outgoing message? Because there's all this dead air seemingly before the beep or oh, is it like your they phone couldn't system. Find the, yeah, like they couldn't find the button. No, definitely. It feels like the should I start talking moment. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever done, I'm sure you have like ADR or something where you hear the three beeps leading into dub a line over pre like video thank you for thinking that i have i would think so you so, you would think so right so but like, no i haven't so you know like in a movie when it's like that line wasn't clear you go into the booth and you do the line mm-hmm. to match the video but there's three beeps and so right when the third beep ends you're supposed to start the line there's the moment of like but they probably got it off like right you know like that fear so i feel like that with uh voicemails but yeah. i also don't call people yeah ever not ever i I mean, I'll I'll do the parent calls mm-hmm. or the, well, now this person isn't texting back quick enough, so I'm just going to call them. For the most part, I, I go over on my data and texts every month, but I'm always like, uh, it's worth it. I have a tenth of my minutes used. It's, it's really weird because I used to be very anti-phone, but mm-hmm. I've become, like, I find that I use the phone a lot more 
um, ever since no longer working with Adam Carolla. And I don't know what that's about. Maybe it's because I have, I feel like part of not wanting to be on the phone is this sense that texting is just faster and that the phone just takes too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now since I'm not having to get somewhere very often anymore. Yeah. <laughs> got more time. Nice. But also I think that there's just more things that are going on in my life now where actually getting on the phone is sort of required. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Because there are some things that are better dealt with on the phone. Or yeah. there are certain people in certain industries that would rather just Yeah, you're not going to like conference text. Right. Even though I'd love that because conference calls are the bane of my existence. They're pretty awful. That's, that's a constant state of should I start talking yet? Yes. That is the, the beep, the waiting for the beep. That's how you feel for every second on a conference call. At least me personally. Well, and that thing where it's like, you know beep like it, i forget how it tells you it tells you that it'll make you a sound you are now and then, being joined on the call yes. please state your name yes There's i feel like i always perform that one i'm always like memories here <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then when it's like hey allison i've got you on the line with so and so and so and so you know yeah and i was like hey everyone i feel like i really have to amp that well, shit up well it I sucks is why. i like when they have you record your name and then they yeah. say blah blah is joining the call because then you're introduced you know but those where you're just placed on it you can hear them talking yes and so you have that moment where you go like you have to either interrupt be like hey guys memory's on now it's me hi or i have that moment where you're like what if I don't introduce myself and I hear them talk shit about yes, me? That's- it feels very much like three-way calling in fifth grade mm-hmm. when you'd be like, hey, let's call John. You kind of imply to see if he likes me and I'll be on the line. That's what the conference calls. Like it feels a little like yes. you're eavesdropping. Yes. Um, something that I have noticed, which I'm sure you have as well, which a lot of call like show busy calls mm-hmm. when the assistant is like i have so-and-so on the line for you the assistant is on the line the entire time oh, seriously did you not know that <sighs> i'm pretty I might sure i blocked it out yes that's what taking happens. notes so if you're like yeah i'd like to set up a meeting blah, blah blah they're taking the notes well so i had this pretty long call with my agent and pretty long for talking to an agent so it's like right. six minutes yeah but near the end i'm like okay so will your assistant reach out to set up this interview and suddenly another voice said yes i will and i was like oh he broke through he broke through the he's not so i don't think he's supposed to do that he got 10 lashes <laughs> for that <laughs> right he's either been fired or yeah. he's now running his own Poor studio jimmy yeah we're in the bowling alley now but then also um I interview people for Bon Appetit magazine. Oh, nice. And oftentimes the, a, a publicist will be like, I have, you know, so-and-so on the line for you. And just today I was thinking, I bet the publicist is on the line the entire time. I'm sure they are. Oh, yeah. No, I've done like radio interview or interviews over the phone and the publicist stays there because, because they have already... PR is so crazy because they've already said, okay, these are off topic. This is blah, blah, blah to the, to the person, mm-hmm. oh, like to you what, yeah. or whatnot. And so I've been on one before where they've asked a question and the publicist has, I think it was like while promoting Camp Dakota or something, they've asked a question that, you know, isn't, isn't, wasn't pertaining to the, the project. Right. And so they came in, they were like, actually, we'd like to just keep it mainly Camp Dakota right now. I was wow. like, oh, damn. Someone's here, like, got your back. I've only had them chime in with um, like, okay, you have time for one more question mm-hmm. like that. Although I interviewed Tracy Morgan um, for Time Out in New York many, many years ago. 
Uh, and I remember the publicist, because oftentimes the publicist will be like, is it cool if I'm here? And I'll be like, no. <laughs> Get out of here, weirdo in the corner. <laughs> well, it depends. You know, it's funny. It's been an evolution. Now, if I have someone on the podcast and their publicist is with them, I'm like, yeah, hang out. Chime in if you want. You know, yeah. it's like the more the merrier. But as a journalist, um, when I would be writing an article, I've, I always felt like it kind of it could, it could interfere with the vibe. Mm-hmm. But Tracy Morgan's publicist was very much like, is it okay if I sit on your lap while this happens? And I <laughs> didn't, I didn't really want that, but she's like, I'll just be right like three feet away. If anything, she was so well, I mean, concerned but let's get anything. real. Yeah. Like, let's look at the client. You know what I mean? Like well, if you are, yeah. if you know, you're just a normal, n- never has any controversy client. Right. And it's like, Oh yeah. So I'll set you up and go. But if you're someone who, uh, you know, puts their foot in their mouth or has had a controversy or has had a- any reason to publicly apologize, then they, yeah, they're probably right. just have their hand up Although your this was before ass that. and they're puppeting you. This was, this was before he had to but, make the, any public apology, but maybe that, maybe he didn't, maybe, yes. You know what I mean. <laughs> I totally do. Yeah, for sure. I totally do. Wild cards. Mamie Hart, this yeah. has been so much fun oh, cool. having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You guys, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, perhaps Mamie Hart's book. Yeah, do it. Click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It does help out the show. And I want to thank you guys so, 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 so much for all of your Amazon support. It means a huge deal to me and it has been so great. And it's definitely helping Dining Room Studios get up and running. And also you can support us on paypal uh there's links on the right side of the page alisonrosen.com we have a ringtone available hey 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 go fuck yourself you need this get it by searching hey go fuck yourself on your iphone in the itunes store and we have two special (laughs) i i my i got ahead of myself and so the words didn't come out right but i was going to say is we have two special just oh, having it again. Two special boner sods. Boner so that's a that's tongue. A, that's a tongue twister. Really special is. boner sods. Special boner sods. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. The first one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. The next one with Doug, Doug Benson. <laughs> Man, don't try to say boner soda or it'll fuck with the rest of all the words you're trying to say. It just is like you have a boner in your mouth for the rest <laughs> exactly. of the podcast. Exactly. Um, the second one recorded live at the podcast festival also with Doug Benson and musician Matt Costa and the former Thursday group. And those are $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. You can get those by searching Alice and Rosen on iTunes. And I will soon be making all all this available to people who aren't just shopping in iTunes now that I've found out how to do that. Okay. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Email us A-R-I-Y-M-B-F show at gmail.com. Mamrie, where yes. should they go for you and what should they look for and all that stuff? Oh, well, for my book, Amazon is a lovely place to buy. You can also just go to ydadbook.com and it's the acronym for You Deserve a Drink. And then also look me up on YouTube for You Deserve a Drink. Um, all my social media stuff is MameTown and that's also my second channel on YouTube, which is wacky and fun and a great way to waste some time at work. All right. <laughs> and Jeff... Feel free to tell people where they can find you. Ooh, now that I have a microphone. <laughs> this is very exciting. Uh, Colonel Jeff Fox on all your social media. And uh, you can listen to my podcast, Barracuda Radio, where finer podcasts are found. Nice. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. You guys, thanks for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? Time, but now we gotta go.
Rosie.